everybody, and welcome to the There Are No Rules podcast. I'm your host, Trey Martin, and with me today is my good friend, Wesley Addington. Wesley, how we doing? Pretty good. How about you, Trey? I'm doing amazing, man. That's I'm great. living the dream. Absolutely. You know. Of course. Doing a doing a podcast every week. You know, it's uh, something I look forward to. It's like we talked about last year. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Wesley and I, we weren't roommates, but we lived on the same hall in... Uh, or the same wing in Patey Hall. Um, and, you know, if you go to UA, like, you know about Patey. And so, anyways, we we had some characters on our uh, hall. And, like, we really wanted to start a podcast and interview all of them. Because, like, it just would have, it would have been crazy. Because, like, they were just, gosh, they were wild. But Degeneracy um, and debauchery could have been a good name, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, anyways, so I guess now I have to get some of them on. I think you should. You it's know? certainly not too late to invite <laughs> some of the boys for a reunion tour of South Wing. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe next year. But um, anyways, yeah, I guess we'll get into it. Um, so you work for the football team. That's correct. And uh, like last week. Or last week I had Brody Brown on. If you haven't listened to that episode and you like history, then just a I guess a shameless plug. That one's for you. I would go check it out. That's episode eight. This is nine. Um anyways, Brody also works for the football team with you. That's correct. And so, um I guess like giving as much detail as you're able to, um, go into like what your job entails with yeah. Uh, so basically Brody and I are, we're not the only ones, but we do the job. We are, uh, videographers for the team and we just film practice pretty much is all we do. So whatever the coaches and players watch after practice and, you know, the film that they watch, we are the ones that do that. So, uh, I'm set up in the end zone. So any end zone film, uh, for one of the fields that we practice on comes from me. Uh, some of our guys, you know, they're on the sideline, so... Uh, but the players think, well, players and coaches think that we do a lot more than we actually do. Cause pretty much all we do is just, you know, just film practice, like I said, but we have guys come up all the time and like ask us if we can, you know, get them this or that, or, you know, when are we dropping the new uniform reveal on social media? And we're like, we, we don't do that. We just film what you guys watch. So, yeah, I was going to say, just to clarify, you do not make the hype videos. We have nothing, absolutely nothing to do with really anything interesting. No social media involvement. We are purely behind the scenes. We're actually encouraged to stay behind the scenes as much as we can. So, yeah. yeah. Um, we actually, we're, we're not sure if the players know what we do sometimes because we've had a few interactions where, uh, you know, they'll look, at, look up at us in the towers and, like, ask us to film them. And we're like that's what we're here for like you know <laughs> i'll yeah. make sure to get you on this one but but yeah that's pretty much all we do um yeah sounds fun uh i know you you have a couple stories that you've told me mm-hmm. um when we were just talking or whatever but um would you uh, care to share those uh yeah so we got a, just a bevy of stories over christmas break because we got to go on the bowl trips to uh, Dallas and Indianapolis for the Cotton Bowl and the national championship game. And one of probably the most interesting things to ever happen to me in my life occurred when we were in Dallas. So uh, we got done with practice one day, 
we were practicing in AT&T Stadium, Jerry's World, which was awesome, getting to be there with no one else there. That was really cool. Um, but we'd gotten done with practice and just had the afternoon free, and myself, Brody, and um, a couple of our other coworkers had decided we wanted to go downtown and see, you know, where all the stuff with JFK was, the little X to mark the shots where he was uh, fired upon and the Texas Book Depository and all that. Um, but our hotel was a little bit out of town and none of us had cars, so we decided to take the train, which was free, uh, rather than having to pay for an Uber. And to get to the, get to the train, um, we had to crawl through a pretty seedy area, I'd say. Um, we, you know, were walking along the side of the road because there was no sidewalk, so almost, uh, were struck by cars a couple times, but... Anyway, we're, we were almost to the train station, and we came to this crosswalk, and we saw a guy crossing the street. There was nobody else around. Uh, he was, I don't know, wearing like a Falcon shirt, and one of us said something about it being funny. And he, there were five of us. He came up to the five of us and kind of like, you know, approached the guy that was in the front of the group. And, of course, his name is Jacob. Jacob kind of backed up, and he was like, oh, what's up? Like, you know, sorry, what'd you say? And the guy kind of mumbled something at him. And then out of nowhere, just swings on Jacob. And, like, we were just so in shock. Well, he swung on him and then just took off. And we were so in shock, we didn't respond or react or anything. Because, you know, you don't normally expect to be just punched by a, a stranger when you're in a random city. Uh, so we just carried about and, you know, went to the train station. We were all pretty on edge. And uh, we just wanted the train to get there. And so we waited a few minutes, and the guy shows back up on the opposite side of the train station. And, I mean, it was not very far away. It was about, you know, from me to you, uh, maybe a little longer. But he shows back up with a two-liter of 7-Up and just proceeded to yell, I don't even know what he was saying, just unintelligible mumbling at us, just screaming. And we were just trying to do our best not to pay attention to him uh, as this, you know, assailant with a 7-Up bottle was just st staring at us, yelling at us. Uh, so yeah, eventually the train came. JFK stuff was cool. It was not worth the uh, mental turmoil that I faced <laughs> in that time. And um, needless to say, we we Ubered back to the hotel that night. Yeah, so. I, uh, I can't say I blame you. Um, I've never been to uh, Dallas personally. But cool city. Um, I guess if... Any of you ever are going there, watch out for uh, crackheads with 7-Up. That's exactly right. The Hilton Anatole was this uh, hotel we were at. Very nice hotel, but the surrounding area, I would not recommend anyone explore on your own. So, Yeah. Um, I guess just like if we want to talk about Alabama football as a whole, mm -hmm. um, just a very disappointing end to the season, you know. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of hard. My view on Alabama football has been completely reshaped after having gotten this job. Um, if you know me at all, you know that I you know, have always loved Alabama football. If you don't know me, I promise I'm not a bandwagon. I, uh, well, I kind of am, but I'm a longer bandwagon than most. Uh, the first football game I remember watching was the 2009 National Championship. It was Alabama and Texas, and... I just kind of fell in love with football and Alabama all at the same time. Uh, and I've stuck with them for, you know, 13 years. Now, it hasn't been terribly hard, but yeah. um, 
yeah, anyway, so I, I grew up a huge fan, and our freshman year, we won the national title, and that was awesome. And then in sophomore year, I got the job. Uh, that's this year. And it's been really cool. Um, it's hard because I feel like I... I know more about what's going on behind the scenes. So like, you know, there'd be some days where I'd think we'd have a really good practice. And I was like, you know, we're going to, we're going to go out and win this game this weekend by 50 points. And then we would, it would come down to the final possession. And, um, so in that way it was disappointing, but I mean, it's, it's still really cool to be a part of it and see like what actually goes on. If I were 10 years old and knew that I would have this job, I would probably cry from just pure joy. Yeah. Um, but I, one of my favorite things that I was going to mention about the job is like just being able to see the personalities of the players on the team. Like, you know, you get that sometimes with the superstars that, um, you know, do a lot of stuff with the media. Like last year there was Mac Jones, Devonte Smith, guys like that, that are huge, you know, future NFL talents. But I mean, there's a ton of guys on the team this year and last year that probably will never see the NFL that i just absolutely love. They're hilarious. Uh, and that, that's the coolest thing to me is just getting to see guys that I would, I probably would never even know their name if I wasn't there. But, um, and I know I've gotten to share with you some of the stories about, you know, various no name players that are just really funny and entertaining to be able to see play, I guess. So, yeah, definitely. And like, just the whole thing with Alabama is like, we have like third and fourth string guys who, any basically anywhere else like they're gonna start you know and so like i guess just like if you want to talk about the level of like competitiveness at practice and just like seeing all these guys who are like five stars but they're on the scout team you know like yeah yeah it's really cool um I mean, uh, I'm not going to name names, but, I mean, there's some guys, like you said, that, you know, highly recruited five stars, and I, you don't ever really see them with the, the top guys. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we, we've lost, like I said, us on staff kind of, like, we have what we consider to be our, like, fan favorites that most people probably don't know that are just, you know, scrubs that uh, never play, and some of them have ended up leaving because or transferring out because like you said they're you know they were highly touted recruits and then they came here never going to see the field so they've left but um yeah in practice I mean (laughs) we get to watch the two best players in the country play every day in Bryce Young and Will Anderson and I mean those guys are probably going to both go in the top three or five of the draft next year so getting to see them perform every day and even I mean we don't really interact with them but you know see them a lot and I mean those both of those guys are great um I I really really hope that they have great NFL success not only because you know I'm a fan of them and their game just they're just really cool guys and but yeah getting to see them every day do what they do that like that's a privilege that I sometimes overlook with the job like you know, most people don't get to do that, and that's one of the coolest things that I get to do is watch how they work and how Coach Saban works and all of that, and it, it's amazing. It is it is my dream. It, as a child, it is my dream job, and now that I'm grown up and have it, it's, it's pretty awesome. So I, I hate to put this pressure on you. Yep. 
But, um, you know, we asked the hard-hitting questions here. Um, is this something you could see yourself, like, doing as a career? You know, I have thought about this because I have absolutely zero direction in my life as far as careers are concerned. I'm a news media major. Uh, I enjoy that. I'm, I enjoy writing. I don't see myself in journalism. Uh, I also, over the summer, work at a bank. I enjoy that to some degree could maybe see myself doing it doing it as a profession and it's kind of the same thing with this job like I I really enjoy certain aspects of it and sometimes I think man this is the greatest job that a 20 year old college student could have and then other times I think I don't know if this is worth it (laughs) um so I, I kind of look at it as a a perennial, I don't know if that's the right word, but it sounds cool, a perennial backup. I I feel like if I ever needed a job, I could apply somewhere and say, look, I was a videographer for Alabama football. And I feel like that, you know, would carry some weight in in sports, uh, various sports teams and organizations. Um, So, yeah, I would say I could see myself doing this as a career, but there are definitely some drawbacks. Um, and I know that that sounds kind of crazy because, like, you know, like I said, we get to watch Nick Saban. Like, it's great. But, you know, when it comes at the expense of missing Christmas with my family and, you know, being busy through the fall, like, every single day and just that huge time commitment, sometimes that's when I think, like, you know, maybe I should maybe I should move away from this and focus on other things. But... I, I could probably see myself doing it just because sometimes, I mean, free tickets to the national championship game like that. You, that's you, really you all I have to say. That, yeah, you know? exactly. Um, yeah, and I guess just like, I was going to say too, with the drawbacks, like, do you feel a lot of like pressure being in like such a high intensity environment, like at practice and stuff? Yes, very often. That's, that's one of the things that, um, sometimes makes me think it's not worth it is that it's so it's so vital that we get things right and I mean you know if you're if you're not a fan of football and you're looking at it in the grand scheme of things what we do is not important like if I'm if I miss a play sometime during practice that's not going to affect the world in any way but within the confines of the organization that is a huge deal because they need that film they need every single play. If they don't have it, they get upset. And, you know, that's – it just starts at the top and makes it makes its way down to us. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, sometimes, I mean, it, it, you feel a lot of pressure to get every single thing right. It's not a hard job, but you, you have to pay attention because sometimes they go really fast and you just – you cannot miss a play. You can't be late on a play. Um, so, yeah, I mean – I, it's especially bad on days when we're outside. There's only one person in each filming location. So if if that one person misses their play, then, I mean, you know, it's like it never happened. And, of course, the coaches don't want to hear that because they want to be able to look at what happened on that play and analyze it and break it down for their guys. So we definitely feel we feel the pressure of it, even though it's, you know, it, it's not hard, but it still can be pretty intense sometimes. Yeah, um, I definitely get that, um, and, like, I guess, do you feel like 
I mean, I I guess I gotta ask, like, do you feel good, um, like when you do your job right? Because like you you realize that like, like yes, I'm helping this team. Like, I'm I'm helping this team get closer to like winning a national championship by like you know I feel like like do you take a sense of pride in it? You know, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I always kind of joke with people like you know we wouldn't have made it to the national title without us. I mean. It's it's a joke that you know easily could have found someone else to do it, but I mean they have to have that film. So like when I when I'm out there and I film Bryce Young and the starters, like I feel like you know I know that they're watching it. Like I know that Coach Saban has probably seen my film before, and that makes me feel pretty cool. Like you know, um, so I mean I'm obviously not a vital part of what's leading us to the national championship. They could plug someone else up there in my spot and it would be exactly the same. But for me, it's a pretty cool way of like feeling as though I have contributed to something that I love so much and have loved for my entire life, basically. So I, I really enjoy that part of the job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just talking about the, I guess just to transition a little bit, talking about the season as a whole, it was just like the SEC championship game, which I was there. Um, it was crazy. Okay. And then we saw cuz it was did did Jamo get hurt in the SEC championship um, or in Natty? The SEC John or was Mechie Mechie tore his ACL. Okay. Yeah. Jamo tore his ACL in the national championship. Yeah. I was going to say like that just yeah. That was really the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Um I for those who don't know, I am from Georgia, but that does not mean that I like Georgia football or really anything about the state of Georgia, but especially Georgia football, I have zero love in my heart for that football team. So uh, getting to beat them in Atlanta and be there, great free tickets, that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Um, if you don't know, Georgia fans are notorious for barking at people, which is a very strange uh, you know, fan-based tradition. I'm not sure why they do it, but I I have never enjoyed that. But uh, as the Georgia fans trickled out of the stadium in the SEC championship game, we got to bark at them as they left. So that was pretty cool. But um, unfortunately, they served it right back to us about a month later. So Yeah. Gosh, that was just <clears throat> because I felt like I personally, I felt like we were in it the entire time until the basically the fourth quarter yep. like we kind of kind of just came to a halt mm-hmm. and Georgia took over yeah but um and I mean you know you can say what you will about <clears throat> how the game went but I'm a firm believer if one of JMO Jameson Williams didn't go down I think we win that game and especially if Mechie had not gotten hurt the game before or two games before I I think we would have won because we were down our top two wide receivers and we're pretty much firmly in control well maybe not firmly but we were in control of the game until the last two drives but yeah i i had made my peace with it i knew it was over when they uh when they scored the go-ahead touchdown at the end of the game i was mm-hmm. I, I just had kind of accepted it so because i was gonna say did we lose by like seven or ten um i don't it was 33 to 18 was the final but oh, they, okay. they went up like i think it was Oh, they had a pick six at the very end. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like 24 to 18 or something like that, and yeah. 25, something in that. And I just I knew that we weren't going to win it uh, at that point. But 
it was it was still a really cool experience to get to be there. Uh, I know you've been to a national championship game. It was a lot better than the one that I got to <laughs> yeah. go to. Uh, but yeah, I've never been to a game that big before. So just getting to be there, I, I thought it would be a lot worse than it actually ended up being because, like I said, losing to Georgia has always been like my college football nightmare, and I had never experienced it in my life. But um, yeah, so I mean, you know, I had people that I've. I've never talked to that were sliding in my DMs, let me know that we lost and, you know, talking trash, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll get them next year, I guess. I was going to say too, um, you were, you were at both of our losses. I was. This season, Cause I you was. were at Texas A&M as well. Yeah. That was a, a good 10 hour drive home after, uh, Gosh. after losing in college station. That was, I mean, once again, like, you know, I, I hate losing, uh, growing up my parents would always get mad at me because whenever Alabama would lose which didn't happen often but when we would lose I would you know throw a fit and cry and when I, you know this is when I was a kid definitely not when I was you know in high school <laughs> uh but no uh I I have a reputation for getting very upset when we when we lose and both of those games I I handled pretty well and I just kind of recognized that they were really cool experiences like Kyle yeah. Field is it's unbelievable. I think that was the highest attended game they had of the season, maybe of the last few seasons. I'm not entirely sure on that, but I mean, well over a hundred thousand people. They were like five to six thousand over their capacity, I believe. So I mean, it was rocking. You could, yeah. at one point in the game, we uh, we we were sitting down in the lower bowl, uh, in the parent section of the Alabama team, and uh, there's this overhang part of the stadium of the middle bowl that was above us, and we could see it moving back and forth from just how much they were moving. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. So, you know, the the loss sucked. It hurt, but getting to experience that game as a fan of college football was probably the greatest game I've ever been to. So, yeah, it, it was really cool. But. Um talking about getting mad when losing um i really i still don't know like what caused it i just think like i was like so frustrated but um the 2019 iron bowl yep classic i lost it like <laughs> i i went on a rampage um for like no i mean like obviously we lost but i don't know yep. it was just like i was i was also i also had the flu Oh, that's never good. So, like, it was just a, it was a combination of all these things going on. Not and a good then, year for you that year. Wasn't the LSU game on your birthday? Oh, you yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, uh, well, so my, my birthday is November 9th, if anybody, you know, <laughs> wants to get me a present or anything. But anyways, um, so we played LSU November 9th, 2019, and... It just it was my birthday and it just so happened that I was at a wedding hmm. um while the game was going on. Could not pay me enough uh, to be missing a game of that magnitude. Yeah. Um it was you know, it it's whatever. <laughs> but um I just remember like cuz like of course they had Joe Burrow, yeah, which I will never forgive. Um and I just remember like checking my phone constantly, like during like the whole ceremony and everything. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, like what are we doing?" And then, because we only lost by three or two, uh, five, five. Okay, yeah, I knew it was like an obscure number, but um, yeah, yeah, like we were, 
I, I mean, because we had Tua back then. and That, just, that was yeah. a tough game because we uh, we were down big at halftime. And like I said, with the Georgia game, I'd kind of made my peace with it. I accepted we were going to lose because we were down, like, I think three scores in at half. And then, you know, I was having a pretty good time the third quarter. I was like, we're just going to get killed today. And, I'm you know, I'm just going to sit back and, you know, just have a good time, not worry about it. Uh, but then the game got closer and closer and... I don't think we ever took the lead, but we got very close yeah. and, you know, scored in the final two minutes to keep it within five. And then we were a def- defensive stop away from getting the ball back and trying to win. So that one that one broke my heart probably twice because, like I said, I, I had accepted it was over at half. And then, then it you know, as uh, Silvio on The Sopranos says, this is... Sopranos reference number two. <laughs> Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. So that's kind of what happened in that game. I was completely out, and then they pulled me back in. Yeah, that's it also sucks. a uh, that's a, a Godfather reference in a Sopranos reference. So it's like a oh, double okay. layered one there. Yeah. So. so now the Godfather reference count is at one. Yeah. I think Sopranos it, at two. It should be Sopranos at two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sports are just <laughs> can't live with them. Yeah, um, Alabama sports in general, just like our basketball team, man. Oh yeah, like I just can't get me started. I I think everything really has just gone downhill since we uh since we lost to UCLA in the Sweet Sixteen last year. I feel like that's that's the last time I was truly happy. That's a joke, but well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, sports wise, I mean, you know, we had, we had a great football season by most people's standards, but. You know, I, I I didn't want to lose to Georgia yeah. in my lifetime, so that was a little disappointing. But yeah, and the whole thing with the UCLA game too is like Alex Reese comes up, just nails like it was the game tying shot, correct? Yes, to send it to, to send overtime. it to overtime, and like I remember we were at somebody's house watching it, and uh, like we're just all going crazy or whatever, and then. Overtime starts and like UCLA just takes over. Yeah, I was like, well, I think uh, you and I had a, a pretty depressed <laughs> evening at. I uh, remember that at Sonic. If I if we, I remember correctly, we went to Sonic, and then I think we we went to the slide. Correct. That's into the the big slide. Have you that's talked about the slide right. yet on the podcast? Uh, it has not been referenced. That's a real shame. I um, haven't been to the slide in a minute. I haven't either. Um. um so, do you do you want to take the slide, or do you want me to? You got it. All right. Uh, well, if you're not a Tuscaloosa resident, and if you are and don't know about it, you need to check out Snow Hinton Park uh, in, I don't know, the main part of Tuscaloosa. It's not downtown. I don't know. It's this massive uh, circular, I guess is the word, slide. Not circular. I don't know. It's, it, it's very tall, and it, it goes in circles. Uh, but to get to this slide... You have to navigate this huge, like, ropes course. And I think the sign at the place says that, you know, you have to be, like, I don't know, five and up to yeah, play. Yeah, I think it's five and up. But I like, would not let a 12-year-old on that thing. Yeah. Like, it's, it scares me, and I'm 20. Like, I – anyway, I, I we're not sponsored by the slide, I don't think. No, but, not yet. But you need to go check out the slide if you haven't. So that's my plug for, uh, yeah. for Tuscaloosa. We give out a lot of um... – unpaid advertisements yeah, here. That's going to change soon. You know. Yeah. Um, shout out to Anchor for uh, 
the continued sponsorship. Um, if you want to start a podcast, Anchor's the best. Uh, I would say it's the most user-friendly service. Um, and anyways, uh, if anybody else wants to sponsor the podcast, uh, you know where to find me. Uh, at There Are No Rules Podcast. Just, you know, slide in the DMs real quick. And, um, yeah. But anyways, um, yeah. So, uh, oh man, sorry. <laughs> Jeez, I lost my train of thought. Um, Lego Star Wars. Lego Star Wars. Let's it, do it. It dropped Monday. Um, yes, Monday night at 11 p.m. I believe. Yeah. So it would be April the fourth. Correct. Um, I really enjoy it so Dude, far. I, it's a ton <laughs> of fun. Uh, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And Lego Star Wars, the complete saga on the Wii was like, that was just my thing when I was a kid. Uh, so my girlfriend and a lot of other people that I know have made fun of me for being so excited about this game, but I, I really don't care. It's been a ton of fun. I'm going to keep yeah. playing it. And it's, I mean, it's a huge game. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just super in-depth. Yeah, like I, I was just playing a little last night and in between levels I was kind of exploring the map and I was just like, this is going to take me years, like... There's so much. It's kind of overwhelming. Like, every time you go to a new planet, you're like, you know, I'll come back to this one, and I'll, I'll do this stuff here eventually. And then you go to another one, and it's even bigger. And you're like, yeah. I don't know when I'm going to be able to do any of this. Uh, but, yeah, how, how far are you? Um, I'm halfway through episode two. I did not get a chance to play last night. Okay. But um, I think I'm, I'm at the beginning of episode two. I haven't played that much. I, I was doing homework a lot yesterday, but yeah, uh, yeah it's been uh, great. It has lived up to my expectations and more. And did you notice the whole thing about, like, I guess just with the whole in-depth thing, like, you can upgrade, like, your abilities now. Yeah, which is, the, I haven't played a LEGO game for a while, but I remember when it was like, you know, move this box to the left and you unlock a character, or jump on this platform and, you know, jump on one more platform and you unlock you know, whatever, but now it's like I have to do all these side missions and oh, yeah. upgrade all my uh, my core competencies and abilities, and I don't even know what's going on. I feel, I mean, I'm, I don't yeah. know if I'm old enough to figure this game out quite yet. Yeah, um, and just like, everything's so expansive, and it also, it doesn't force you to really do anything. Yeah, not at all. You know, like, you can stay on episode one for like, as long as you want to. Yeah, I've actually kind of gotten concerned that I'm sometimes skipping over things that I'm not going to be able to go back to. I don't yeah. I don't know what exactly that I can, you know, run with and what I'm skipping over, so. Um, but just generally speaking, if if you don't mind me moving into my uh my Star Wars rant if we want to if we want to get ahead. on that. Go ahead. Now, I don't know how you feel about Star Wars, but one of the uh, the things that I am most passionate about is that The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, which are the last two Star Wars movies to come out, are probably the two worst movies ever released in any form. Uh, I love movies, but I hate both of those movies with just pure passion. Like I, It, it makes me violently angry to watch either of them, but especially the last one. So I'm kind of dreading getting to that point in the... Uh, in the game because they just they really upset me on a on a personal level i guess um what a what about it would you say how much time you got 
<laughs> hey, hey, we're at the we're at the thirty two minute mark right now. Okay, we, so. got, we got some time. Yeah. Uh, well, namely the um, I, I won't go too far into this because I know most people probably don't care about this. <laughs> but uh, so I I grew up with the first six Star Wars movies, and I you know I don't think that the prequels are great. Revenge of the Sith, which was the third one that came out in two thousand five, I love that movie. But the the two that came before it, I can't necessarily defend. But I grew up with those six, and the entire point of those six movies is completely undone in the first two minutes of the most recent movie that came out, because the whole plot of that is that, you know, the main character, Anakin Skywalker, who becomes Darth Vader, is he, like, saves the galaxy, basically. And then they just, without going into any detail, completely undo that entire thing in a matter of 30 seconds, and... I mean, I have a lot more issues with it, but that is the main thing: is that it just kind of it kind of ruins the six movies that I love just right off the rip before you even start it. So that's my main my main gripe with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> like, I guess because well, Disney had bought Star Wars, right? Correct. And after or before they made those movies, yes. So like, I think they it, it was purchased in 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. Oh, okay. And then yeah. the first Disney-owned Star Wars movie came out in 2015. Yeah, and I actually kind of like that one. I it Which, gets a lot of hate. That was That's uh, the Force Awakens. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That one gets a lot of hate for you know sticking too close to the Star Wars formula. But I mean, I enjoy it. I think it sets up an interesting trilogy. Uh, they just kind of fumbled the bag after that one, so. Yeah, because that's when they introduced Ray, right? Correct. And uh, Ray and Finn, Finn, and yeah, Poe, yeah, and yeah. all those people. So um, it's a reasonably good movie, but it it's just kind of tainted by what came after it. So I I have a hard time enjoying that one on its own because I know how much I dislike the other two. So yeah, um, I uh, it was it was during quarantine actually, where I set out. To watch all of the, uh, all of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, and uh, I only got through two. <laughs> um, like it, it's just like I, I just got sidetracked and. Mm. It's a big time um, commitment. I can. Um, I. I mean, I love movies and I watch movies more than most people. Yeah. I think maybe not anymore, but if I'm home, I watch a lot of movies and. I mean, I I think I'm an anomaly in that I can watch a movie I've seen before. I mean. 50, 100 times, that might be a little over-exaggeration, yeah. but most movies that I claim to love, I have probably seen over 30 times, I would say. Um, but, I I mean, I can understand that, you know, sitting down to watch, what, almost 30 hours worth of movies, yeah. uh, that's that's something a lot of people don't really want to do, and I don't blame them for it. So, In episode two, I feel like, just from what I remember, is like... It's just one big love story, right? Yeah, there's yeah. not really much that goes on in yeah. that one. Uh, the end's kind of exciting, but yeah, it's it's two and a half hours of really awkward dialogue and some kind of forced romance that you don't really buy into. So. Yeah, and like, what what really gets skimmed over is just how like Padme is a she's a cougar. Yeah, that's and like, a great like point. She is a sexual predator. I, I would say that that's you know? an accurate statement. I we I think they kind of made a, a little, I wouldn't say mistake, but the first movie of the prequel trilogy, they, they establish uh, 
kind of the two lead characters, and one of them is a nine-year-old boy, and the other one's like a 15-year-old girl, and then they have no romantic attraction in that movie, obviously, because it's a nine-year-old and a 15-year-old, but uh, in the very next movie, they just force this, like, passionate romance on us, and it just feels a little wrong if you've seen the first one, in my opinion, but... Uh, I mean, you know, by the third movie, they're both adults, so it seems normal, but it's just a, it's a little weird, a little it's strange. Like he, he gets the dream about his mom, right? And he's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we, uh, we got to go back. And then that's like when the whole, like that one, that one scene where they're just like in the field. Yeah. Rolling just around. Like rolling around. Yeah, yeah. And you're like this, you know, last movie they were, this was a kid talking to a teenage girl. Like this yeah. is just kind of awkward, but yeah. So. You know, it's like it's not a huge like point of Star Wars, but it's something I always notice. You know? Yeah, it's weird stuff. Um, Blame George Lucas for not understanding how to uh, write interesting dialogue and yeah. various things like that. Um, I hate sand. So, are you like who would you say your favorite character is? Darth Vader? Or... Yeah, probably. Okay, I, I would think so. I would say I he's Bone Tater, just because like. And I don't, I try not to speak a lot about Star Wars just because, like, I've only seen four, five of the movies, mm-hmm. like, all the way through. Really? Yeah. Um, that probably needs to change. But, um, like, I just, you know, I don't, like, I understand the general plot yeah. of Star Wars, but, like, I don't know, like, I don't remember, like, specific scenes and lines, you know, and, like, stuff like that. Yeah. Like I said, I I am an anomaly in that I watch movies I like over and over and over. And I also, I have a, uh, just kind of a ridiculous memory when it comes to that kind of thing. So, I, I mean, if I really, really wanted to, I could probably, in my head, play most of most of the Star Wars movies just because I I mean I've seen them so many times and I I like I just memorize lines and you know musical cues and things like that and but I I mean I do that with all movies that I really enjoy and even some that I don't um my parents always like to tell people when I was a kid I would uh I would quote a movie that I'd never seen before at that point in my life just because Hmm. they quoted it and I picked it Uh, up and I mean yeah I I mean I've kind of toned it down recently, but, you know, I, I quote movies constantly. Yeah. So, um, that's just kind of my thing, but. I definitely watch a lot more TV yeah, than I, movies. One of the hardest things for me is being by myself and, like, starting a TV show. I, really? I can never do that. And also, just finding a movie is tough for me because I, I scroll through, like, these 15 different streaming services I have, and there's you know, hundreds of movies that I'd like to watch, but I, you know, I scroll through and I'm like, man, there's nothing here. Yeah. Like I see 15 different movies and I'm like, yeah, I'll watch that someday. And then I just don't because it's not what I'm interested in at the time. And I'm probably never going to actually sit down and watch them. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember the last time that I sat down by myself and just started a TV show. It's like hard to commit to it almost. Yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm current. Hopefully I don't get judged too hard for this. But um, I'm currently going through regular show. Really? Right now. I've never never and, seen that. Uh, oh my gosh, man! It's like I mean, it's like it's stupid, you know. It's like stupid funny. Yeah. I like to call it. But um, good night. Um. Anyways, like, and then I've, I've been kind of skimming through Family Guy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen the Family Guy Star Wars episode? I've not. I've heard okay. good things, it's, but I've not seen it. It's pretty good. Um, it's pretty spot on. Yeah. Uh, I've never really delved yeah. much into animated TV. I don't know why. I have a friend back home who hates me because he says I'm missing out on good stuff, but I just, it's not really my thing. Yeah. Uh, when I've watched it, I, I mean, I'll enjoy it, but I just, like I said, I, I never would sit down and just watch a TV show on my own anyway, and if it's, like, an animated show especially, I, I just have a really hard time, like, getting into it. Um, but I know that there's great stuff out there. It also doesn't help. I did not watch cartoons as a kid. I didn't watch TV yeah. at all, so. I was, I was a big SpongeBob kid. Yeah, I never, um, never liked SpongeBob. Gosh. Missing out. Um, yeah. I talked about this. If you haven't listened to episode three with Alyssa Serena, mm-hmm. um, go check that out. But we get into this a little bit. Uh, you're a big Letterboxd guy. Absolutely. Yeah. I love Letterboxd. I think it's a great app. Um, my problem is that I'll watch a movie or whatever, and then I'd forget to put it in there. And yeah. then by the time I remember that I have Letterboxd, it's like, oh, wait, when did I watch that? And, and you know. Uh, Especially lately, uh, I forget sometimes, but usually as soon as the credits roll, that's the first thing I do is log that I watched it. Because uh, yeah. I'm big into, like, I enjoy, st- like, personal stats, like uh, Spotify wrapped every year. I find yeah. that fascinating. I, like, love to see how many movies I watched, when I watched them, how many times I watched this amount movie, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love Letterboxd. And I use it to make, like, rankings constantly. Yeah. So. Um, gosh, okay, so I was going to, this actually feeds in perfectly, but, um, I was going to do a solo podcast a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and give my review of the Batman, but, like, it just, for, uh, for reasons that can't be told, it just never happened, and so, um, anyways, I'd love to hear your take on the Batman. Yeah, I loved it, personally, I've seen it twice. Uh, both in theaters, and I think it comes out on HBO Max in like a little over a week, which I'm really excited I'm for. I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, I'm watching it as soon as it comes out yeah. there. Um, I've caught a little flack for this, but I think that I personally enjoy it more than The Dark Knight, and I realize that that's a you know pretty controversial take. I'm not in any way trying to say that it's better, but just for my personal enjoyment, I think I like it better than The Dark Knight, which I'd say a lot of people consider to be the greatest comic book movie ever made yeah um and i you know like i said i can't i can't talk against that movie it's a fantastic movie but i i love the batman uh something about like i don't know the the way it's colored it's just more interesting and like gotham city feels like it's really like alive and there's things happening there uh i think pattinson's batman is the best batman on screen but i think I prefer Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne. I was just about to say that. Um, I've kind of gone back and forth on it, but I really do think I like Pattinson's Batman. Yeah. just He's more like, I guess like maybe grunge or... Yeah, he's, he's kind of like, emo. Yeah. A little emo bat boy. Um, <laughs> that he is. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, like I just... I would say I agree with that. Um but I guess when it when it comes to like the movies as a whole, I really just don't know. I would How still, I think I would still put The Dark Knight, yeah, like fair. as a whole. Yeah, that's fair. Above it. I mean, it it is one of the greatest movies ever made, and I love that one too. It's just 
there's something about the Batman that struck me in a particular way that I I just really really dig it. Um, yeah, so. I did feel like certain parts of it were drawn out. Yeah, uh, there were some plot contrivances that I, if I think about them too hard, I'm like that doesn't really make sense. But I feel like you know you can do that with any movie. Right. You can you can pick it apart to not enjoy it. So it's I mean. Maybe not the correct way to watch movies, but sometimes I just kind of turn my brain off and I'm like, ooh, pretty pictures. Yeah. It's kind of what I did with with the Batman, so. Yeah, and um, the Riddler was also very good. Yeah, I like Um, him a lot. What's his name? Paul Dano. Okay. The actor? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Paul Dano. Um, I mean, he just like, he played it like very, like it was very like realistic. Yeah. Or what you would think of like, what you would think that the Riddler would be like, you know, yep. just this. And, like, the whole thing about how he had had, like, all these, like, followers and supporters mm-hmm. and... It was just kind of like those, like, you know, fringe, like, Reddit radical Yeah, it groups, felt very, like, like modern day, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Which I enjoyed. Um, but anyways, and then the whole... How did you feel about the, uh, like, the scene with the Joker or whatever? Um... The deleted scene that came out recently. Yes. Yeah. I I think I really like it. I'm a little worried about uh maybe not worried, I don't care that much, but I'm I'm slightly concerned that bringing the Joker in this soon is a little little bit of a mistake because because of the success of the Dark Knight and Heath Ledger having died from basically from the performance as the Joker in the yeah. Dark Knight, uh and I mean, he won an Oscar for it. It's one of the greatest performances in movie history. Everyone is always held to that standard right. when you have a Joker. So Suicide Squad tried to do it with Jared Leto. It was not good. Uh, I mean, the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix that came out a couple years ago was really good. And people can kind of separate that from, you know, it, it, we recognize it as a great performance right next to Heath Ledger's, but it's different because he's not, the Batman's Joker. Like, he is not right. facing Batman. It's its own standalone movie. Um, so bringing the Joker into this franchise this soon, I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see how they'd use it. I thought his... I really enjoyed the way that they had him portrayed yeah. as being, you know, kind of disfigured and not just a weirdo with makeup on. Um, he's kind of scary looking honestly i mean it's disgusting if you've seen the picture he's gross but uh i'm glad that they the scene that they released i'm glad that they cut it from the movie because i i don't think that it would have fit well in the movie but i did like it as a just kind of an extra if you have seen it so um so i i think that if they kind of keep him in the background and maybe bring him more in the forefront in a potential third movie i think i'd like that but i think that thrusting him into the main villain role in the second movie would be a big misstep because it's i mean it's just so polarizing either people are probably going to love it or they're going to hate it because it's not heath ledger so yeah i I just think that that's a potential issue is you know you never want to try and bring in a character like that so soon because they're just always going to be held to a higher standard Definitely. Um, I also I wasn't a huge fan of the whole like Catwoman and Batman because like yeah. it they were able to like work it in I guess to the fit romance you mean yeah yeah I, uh, yeah um, 
they were able to like work it in with like the main plot but i don't know i just like i it felt i've a never forced. yeah i've never liked that yeah and like superhero movies like i do realize that like they were trying to appeal to like i guess us yeah you know? um but i mean like i'm sure like because the girls that i've talked to about the movie have said like that was one of their favorite parts about it yeah, uh, to and, me it just kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't. Yeah, I was a little shocked when they tried to uh, throw a little, little relationship in there. Yeah, but. and the whole thing about, I mean, I'm trying not to like spoil the movie for people who haven't seen it, but it's also been out for like. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyways, I can catch I can catch flack for this. I, I won't lose sleep at night. The whole thing about his parents and like. They, I felt like they almost changed the story of like how his parents died, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's major." Yeah, because like that's like the whole reason Batman is like who he is because like he was at a theater with his parents, comes out, guy pulls a gun on his dad, and then guy shoots both of them, and then he's like this orphan who's raised by Alfred basically, and then. um you know, grows up to be Batman. Yeah. Uh, I, I am glad that we didn't see that because it's been done so many times, yeah. kind of like the Joker. But, um, yeah, it was an interesting interesting move from the normal story. I, I kind of like the way that it worked out, though, and that, I mean, he kind of struggles with this idea that, like, his, his dad was not as perfect as he thought he was. Yeah. And so then, you know, it is kind of a spoiler, but he sort of, he sort of shifts his goal as the Batman from just being out to be vengeance and revenge for what they did and recognizing that, you know, he needs to be maybe what his father tried to do but ultimately failed in and that he yeah. needs to be like the source of light and hope for the city. So Yeah. I, I mean I it, it had a good message behind it. But yeah. like and the whole thing too is it was it was D C right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I mean I guess they took a little bit of creative uh, freedom or whatever to switch things up yeah um anyways we're uh i guess we're about to wrap up here we're at our <laughs> we're at the 50 minute mark and so um anyways i really appreciate you <coughs> sorry i really appreciate you coming on absolutely it was and fun. uh yeah it was a blast it flew by too yeah it did i really yeah i just checked the time i thought um, that we'd been going for like 15 20 minutes yeah these things go by really fast but anyways, um, this has been episode nine with Wesley Addington. And uh, if you haven't caught last week's episode with Brody Brown, uh, make sure to check that out. But anyways, bye, everybody. Toodles.